Now, nearly a day after their departure, Ibrahim thinks this ordeal might be about to end. The Tunisian captain has just burst through the cabin, telling everyone to prepare for a rescue. But instead, there is a crash, then a silence. Then seconds later, another crash. Finally, the boat starts to keel to the side. Trapped in a cabin below decks, 17 miles from the Libyan shore, Ibrahim Mbalo and hundreds of others begin to sink below the surface of the sea. The salt water gushes in. The cabin becomes a huge water tank filled with drenched, gasping men who flail and lunge at what they can. Ibrahim, a 20-year-old Gambian labourer, can swim, but most of the others can't. One grasps at Ibrahim, gripping his trousers, pulling him towards the bottom of the flooded cabin. Ibrahim is stuck. Will I die, he thinks, as he's dragged downwards, or will I survive? So begins the Mediterranean's worst modern shipwreck. In the coming minutes, up to 900 humans will drown after their smuggler's boat capsizes. We don't know who most of them are. There are only 28 survivors, three of whom I later meet in a reception centre in Sicily. Ibrahim Mbalo arrived in Tripoli in September 2014 after a six-month stop-start odyssey from his home on Banjul Island. In happier times, he used to spend his weekends swimming in the sea. But after his father stopped working and could no longer pay for his education, Ibrahim dropped out of school and went to Libya to make money. The other survivors I met were both abused by their Libyan employers. One was kidnapped by his and held for ransom, which he couldn't pay. The other simply went unpaid for months on end. Ibrahim, though, was lucky. He found work with a man who paid him a daily wage and treated him with relative respect. But even then, Ibrahim found Libya a nightmare. It's a country in the throes of a civil war. So, after a few months, he told his boss he wanted to leave. He would have returned home if he could, but having experienced the trauma of the desert journey once on the way up, Ibrahim wasn't keen to try it again. If you're going to Gambia, maybe the smugglers will take you in the desert and throw you there to die, Ibrahim says. That's why a lot of people won't go back. Instead, Ibrahim's boss, Musa, drove him to Garabuli, a known smuggling hub on the Libyan coast that lies east of Tripoli. There, Musa paid a smuggler 700 dinar, around 350 pounds, to put Ibrahim on a boat. And then, like the others, Ibrahim was taken to a holding house where he was shoved in a room already packed with fellow migrants. By chance, he was reunited with his friend Harun, with whom he'd shared the journey north from Gambia. One night, two weeks later, they finally made the short drive to the sea or, as Ibrahim calls it, the river. On the beach, he finds hundreds of other people waiting in the darkness. There are those from West Africa, Senegal, Sierra Leone and Mali, and those from the east, Somalia and Eritrea. Some are even from as far away as Bangladesh. Armed with guns, the smugglers divide them up into eight or nine groups of up to a hundred migrants each, and then a series of large rubber dinghies arrives. Ibrahim is scared. Either I will die, he remembers thinking, or I will go to Italy, or Libyan coastguards will arrest me and take me to prison and I will pay 500 dinar to get out. The smugglers herd each group onto a separate dinghy and tell them on pain of death to remain seated. According to Italian prosecutors, one man who does stand up is thrown by smugglers into the sea to drown. Each boat takes 20 minutes to reach a larger ship moored a mile or so out to sea. 
the overwhelming majority of ships that go from Libya to Italy are either wooden fishing sloops or inflatable dinghies. This one is a huge steel-hulled merchant ship. The loading of the ship takes several hours and lasts until the small hours of the following morning. Armed men direct each migrant to a specific place on the boat so that its cargo is equally spread. The survivors' descriptions of the boat's layout do not completely align, but they reckon there are at least three levels. One at the bottom next to the engine, a second in the middle with windows, and a third at the top that was open to the elements. Ibrahim is forced down to the lowest tier. Up top, seasick passengers vomit across each other. Down below, things are even worse for Ibrahim. The heat of the engine makes the experience unbearable, but the armed smugglers arranging the rows of migrants will not let Ibrahim move. I couldn't go out, he says later. If I'd tried, they would have killed me. Eventually, not long before dawn, most of the smugglers disembark. 